Hey, you're listening to the Sunnyside Podcast Show with me, PJ. Me, Ron. And me, Scott. Cue the theme tune. Anyway, I'm old and I need several pairs of glasses, and so I went to the opticians. I braved the opticians. Have you braved the opticians yet? I went recently. Oh, did you? Yeah. uh, I suppose you still have to go frequently because one of your eyeballs might fall out again. Yeah, well, my eyesight, uh, you know, has been deteriorating sort of, you know, fairly fairly consistently over the last... I mean, keep it light, Ron. (laughs) Over the last, say, 15 years, I've just noticed, you know, every maybe year or so I need new glasses, so... Hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of resigned to the fact that I'll probably be legally blind by the time I'm 60. Oh, I mean, the problem with that is you'd have been entitled to a cheap TV license by then anyway. I'm assuming by that stage they'll be able to project the images straight into my brain. <laughs> Do you really, I mean, is it really as grim as that? Is it, I mean, I assume because the, because of the problems with your eyes, probably the shape of them, you probably did have to get your eyes checked, but yeah. I mean... My uh, my left eye was the one that I had the the retina problem with, but my right eye has started to give me some weird issues where it just I have a, it takes a long time in the morning to get going. My right eye, <laughs> like it, uh, the the other eye will be will be you know ready to go and focusing on things. My my right eye will will take a long time to start sort of getting. He's like, come on now, steady on, stop looking at things. <laughs> I, I I start I start that I kind of like you know like kind of with one eye one eye shut, uh-huh. trying to let it let it give a get an extra sort of. Literally an extra bit of shut eye in the morning <laughs> while left eye is doing all the hard work. Oh. Have you always worn glasses, uh, Scott? No, I only started, uh, how long have I been at Yellow Moon? Uh, 11 years. Okay. So mid, mid-20s I started. Mm-hmm. And then whenever you, whenever you leave the update, or whenever I was leaving the opticians, they were like, okay, this is what we, this is what your prescription is. Um, we don't have them for the glasses that you want at the minute, but here's a, a pair just to see what it's going to be like when you mm-hmm. do get your glasses through. And I was like, all right, okay. And it was in the opticians in Victoria Square, and they put them on, and I was able to see out the door and across the walkway. And Victoria Square has got a big kind of right, big and round the corner hole in the middle, a big kind of walkway across a big yeah. fucking drop down onto the lower levels and across to the other side. And I was able to read all the signs in the shop I mean, you, you windows say across across the other way. Would have affected your the eyes. Here, PJ, like see if you talk into the microphone, people might be able to fucking hear you. Can you still not hear me? The mic the microphone is pointed at your left cheek. I know, but that's <laughs> so I don't pop. All right. <sighs> Once you pop, you can't stop. No. <laughs> No, I just I I thought, holy shit, is this how everybody sees all the time? <laughs> I just I just assumed, all right, well that that thing that's far away, it's far away, so I can't I can't see it properly. Yeah, that's far just, away. Just my normal eyesight. These things are blurry yeah. over there. Once things go to this go to that distance, they just become blurry, and that's the norm. It's not that my eyesight; it's they get blurrier the further away they are. Probably Nathan needed glasses for me. Was about I don't know two or three. And he never, he never got them until he was like going into maybe six or seven. But at that point, uh, so we would uh, night test for him, and the, the girl went, "Oh yeah, he definitely needs glasses." It was the most upsetting day of our lives. 
because we were kind of going, oh my God, we've, we, we should have had them like three years ago and we didn't realize because he just sat closer to things than he would normally have done. We just assumed this was, that's one of the difficulties with the first child is you assume everything they do is perfectly normal, no matter what it is. And they're doing the same. They're assuming everything that's happening is perfectly normal. No one's got any, any sort of barometers, barometers, the wrong word, isn't it? What's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, any, any point kind of, of reference. Well, yeah, well, any point of reference to kind of look at it and go, this is this is the norm and I'm not at the norm. This is not good. But anyway. I mean, so, like that that's kind of how I was um yeah, introduced to the world of a you know enhanced vision. I was I think I was nine or ten years old and the teacher, you know, was saying to my mom, you know, Aaron's got very quiet over the last year. He he stopped answering questions and he stopped you know, he, he stopped responding to like things that go up on the blackboard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, they they realized that I couldn't see the blackboard. <laughs> it was like I was sitting at the back of their class, and I I you know I just was like, oh, well, I presume no one else can read this, so I'm just gonna <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll wait until someone brings me closer to the blackboard, and then they, they got me glasses, and all of a sudden I was a little swatty know it all. So you know that was that you know, but you know that that was like a, a revelatory moment for me as a child. That you know, oh shit, you know, there's you know I I, I have defects. <laughs> <laughs> that's when I first realized I was not perfect. Yeah. <laughs> At that point. <laughs> I didn't start glasses till I was 30, and it was like that felt like it was quite late in the day. It's just as my blossoming comic career was starting, I was going, haha, all I need is my eyes and my hands to work, and then I'll be fine for the rest of my life. Eyesight started good, and I got arthritis, so I'm like, I'm screwed. You know, that's that's what I... But I, I went to the opticians recently because I, I keep... I, I got... um. Once you get over past a certain age, it's like you stop needing one pair of glasses for vision correction and start needing two or three or four or five just for different distances. So you've got an intermediate length, which is sort of anything around arm's distance. And then you've got close up reading length, which is about sort of, you know, like about six inches from your face. And um, you, your your ability to focus your focal length changes and so you can't focus on things that are closer anymore. And so now I've got like one pair of glasses for kind of computer screen distance and one pair for reading distance and it's shit. Oh, there's nothing they can do? No, well, apart from like, give me glasses, no. Take them out the back and shoot them? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, laser? No, no, you can get laser surgery for distance but not for close-up stuff because of the way the correction works, it only works for, yeah. for the distance the- stuff. I think what well, they're they're shaving stuff off. They can't add stuff on. Yeah, so. yeah. Maybe at some point there'll be some magical thing they can do. But I mean, I, and and the thing is that they, the the those two distances, although it's focal size, the, your focal thing is changing. What they're really doing is giving you extra magnification. So when I'm drawing something and I go, that's three inches long, and I put it on the other glasses, like what size is that? It's like four. What's going on? I mean. It has its advantages in some respects, but it's <laughs> it's it's like it's really annoying when you're trying to gauge the size of artwork and you're like going, "Is this too? Is this line too small? I don't know anymore. I can't tell. I just can't tell." It's really so. Anyway, I went to the opticians um, because I went from being using the the reading glasses very rarely to using the reading glasses all the time. Uh, and I kind of went, this is no use. So I went to go, I've, I'm going to get a uh, very focals, which okay. um, I, which I tried before. But before I tried them, what I got was, I like, here's the thing. When you go to the opticians, 
there's an assumption in the opticians, and this happens in every industry, I think, where you're talking to someone who knows what they're talking about, but you don't know what they're talking about and you don't understand their jargon and they give you new jargon. And so your brain's busy trying to explain your problem in a way that you think they can understand. And you, I'm sure you, you hit this when you're talking to people about technical things on, on IT stuff. And it was one of the things I think I was good at in IT was kind of explaining things down so I could explain what a virus meant to someone who didn't even understand what a plug was and go, well, this is what a computer virus is, you know, it's yeah. like this. Um, and come up with good analogies. But but you go to the opticians and, and the girl's going, oh, yes, so I see you've been wearing intermediate distance glasses. I'm going, what are you talking about? I, I don't even know what that means. What does intermediate distance mean? What does that mean? So you're going, oh, well, that's the, your arm length. That's sort of, I says, well, anytime I was in before, they described that as computer screen. She went, yeah, that'd be about computer screen. So it's new jargon suddenly. And I'm like, what? what I don't know. This girl's going, yes, you, you. And they show you, they show you, you kind of, I mean, I, I've had a little experience of, of trying very focals before, but going to buy them again, the ones I had before were what's called um, occupational lenses. So the occupational lenses basically give you two distances. They give you the close-up and the very close-up. So they, they give you kind of computer distance and uh, reading distance. And those are supposed to be occupational, so they're for a job. And they're tax deductible. right? But they, the, the thing is, they, they're not like, I just assumed they would be, You as you look down, your vision would get, you know, it would be better focal distances for closer. But there's also like a funnel in effect in the glasses. There's like a funnel shape to them. That means that, that that area of where you can focus gets smaller and smaller in the lenses. So, you know, okay. if you're not looking exactly in the right area of the lens, you don't get anything. You know, it's it's all a bit blurry. But anyway, they they had these types and there was like um, normal, deluxe, elite, super elite. And I'm like going, I don't, what, what does this mean? What are the, and they're showing you the diagrams and go, what are all of these things? I don't know. I don't know any of these things. We're just, we're, we're not educated on optical stuff at all. And so when we go in there, we're completely hornswoggled and don't know what's going on. Well, you have to sort of bear in mind that opticians are really retail locations. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they just want to say, yeah. I mean, and if you're going into the opticians using slang like hornswoggled, they probably can't understand what you're saying either. Watch out, Larry. We've got someone from the past here. <laughs> <laughs> I got one of those, you know, those, those little, those, those ladies that serve you in shops that go, oh, no, I love, come on, you three here with me and I'll take care of you, sweetheart. You just sit yourself down and I'll explain the focal distances for you, love. Now, if you're like me, love, we'll do it. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to be addressed as love by a woman wearing a mask. I don't want it. Oh, I love it. I'm like, <laughs> maternalize me. I want some value in this, this uh, retail interaction. Infantilize me. <laughs> Nestle me closely to your bosom. Show me, show me where the toilet is, and ask me if I'm okay. I'm going to go, to go on my own. <laughs> <laughs> ask me if I need a hand. <laughs> so I've paid for my glasses. There, I've got the. Oh yeah, so I, I kind of just looked at them and went, I don't know enough about glasses to know which of these is more appropriate. I'll just assume the most expensive ones are the best ones. So I'm, I'll have, she's going, oh, well, we'll see which one is, the, we'll get you this. And I'm going, I'll just have, are they the more expensive one? Yes. I'll have those then, please. And she's going, okay, okay, I'll get over and a manager just to have a wee chat with you about it. So manager comes over, manager goes, no, I wouldn't get those. I'd get the ones below those. And I'm going, oh, right, I'm, I'm at sea here. I don't know what, it kind of, is it just not the pay more, you get better? Is that not the way it works with this stuff? He's like, only an idiot buys that one. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And mm-hmm. on the top range one, we have nowhere to go in terms of selling you extra warranty. But on the one below, <laughs> there's there's a bit of wiggle room. Yeah, well, the, the thing is, I say I, I got them before. I got the... Um, so these ones are very focals, which means they start with normal clear lenses. So they're good for. So for me, I need clear lenses to see a distance. I don't need a correction for a distance. So I can look through these glass. I can wear these glasses all day. These ones that I'm getting, in theory, I can wear them all day long because I just put them on, look straight ahead, and I can see. Like my normal glasses, I'm constantly peering over, looking at things, and it's like when you're going shopping or something. You're you're peering over like a, a potty professor. And then getting, lifting them up and then getting and then dropping them down and up and down and over there. Oh, it's awful. I always feel like I always worry if I turn around to someone and drop my glasses. Like I can't see anything at a reasonable distance with my glasses on. So I drop them to look over the edge and I raise my eyebrows. And I always think some girl's thinking he's looking at my arse. That's what he's that's what he's done. He's just because I'm like going, I don't can't see anything. What's going on? Better your glasses than your trousers. <laughs> I just, I just, I just feels like the sort of move I, I like. Maybe it's from watching Carry On movies. It's the sort of move a filthy old perv would make. They'd go, "Oh ho, a lady! I'll just draw my glasses and look over the rim of them." Whoop! There we go, like that. That's, That's when the, the the Benny Hill yakety saxter kicks in. <laughs> yes. That's what I imagine happens. But the problem is when I'm not when I'm not looking over the rim. Everything like has to be super close. Otherwise, it's a blur. So I can't see stuff on the. Christ, I dropped rice on the floor in the kitchen. For the life of me, I couldn't see it. I had to walk around figuring out where it was just by feel. It was awful. I was like being oh, like Daredevil. Or, or vacuum it up. I mean... <laughs> oh, well, I mean, yeah. I think it... Yeah, maybe, maybe. There's a rice trap now in it. <laughs> like a vampire. That's how you stop me. Pour rice on the floor and I have to count it all. <laughs> like Rain Man? Yeah, yeah. And vampires. It works on vampires as well, doesn't it? I think it's Chinese vampires that only work. And that seems like a racial thing, but I mean, like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure in Mr. Vampire, they threw rice on the floor to make him count all the grains of rice because Chinese vampires maybe have OCD or something. I, I don't know. Wait, so, so Chinese well, vampires just, I, have this have the same problem as the count from Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought we were I thought we were done with the geriatric prime time hour, but then we. <laughs> veered straight into racist town. I was like, oh, no, we're still here. We're still going to talk about old people things. Speaking of old people things, I have been up and down to the loo every, possibly every 10 minutes for a pee. And I don't think that's normal. I know yeah, I'd you probably wrong. got diabetes. Is that diabetes? Is that what you reckon? Is that the or a UTI. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it could be a UTI. Well, there's the rule, that not the rule, the rule that I read in a book was that if you're not peeing so much that it's annoying, you're probably not drinking enough water. But right. there is a point at which you shouldn't be paying so much, and apparently, excessive urination is a sign of uh, of diabetes. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind so much if I was doing a big pee when I went to the loo, but apparently, I'm oh. even tiny deposits. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm never quite done when I pull my trousers up. It's like it's kind of. Uh, you know, like, uh, do, do you pee like a two year old boy? Your trousers I, down around your ankles. <laughs> No, I mean, no. I mean, I, I, I mean, so it depends. I mean, there's various approaches. If I'm wearing my, now, in, my fa- in fairness, <laughs> full trousers and pants down is good for comedy value. I just imagine PJ in the 20th and Latakia era. You know, people coming in, there he is, his trousers down around his ankles, <laughs> on, on his tiptoes at the urinal. <laughs> <laughs> we used to do it in the limelight for fun. 
<laughs> where we we'd wait until we'd wait until the toilets were like fully <laughs> packed, and then we'd go in and there'd be three of us. And we all line up in a row, and we do full trousers, full pants, right down. I feel like <laughs> was there one of you more keen on this idea than the other two, and they just managed to make us go along with them or something? God, man. that used to make me laugh so much because <laughs> people just get really, really weirded out. They're not really a hundred percent sure what to do. Maybe he's from Tyrone. <laughs> you walked into a gents and you saw one bloke stood there on his own with his trousers down at his ankles peeing. You would freak out. No, I think he'd ha- he is having the best time. Because <laughs> there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse. Boxers don't come with dick holes in them anymore. I'm getting advertised to me an awful lot on Facebook now. What, boxer briefs? One step ones. These special pants where they have a separate hole for your, for your cock to go in. That yeah, separates it from your from your uh, balls at all times, like a little yeah. front, like a little front hole. You pop it through, <laughs> but like 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 it's it's. I mean, for when you're going for a pee or just when you're walking around. No, just for just for hang. Just there's like an extra front pouch at the front. Basically, you end up like a little elephant front pouch dangling <laughs> in front of you at all times. What? And honestly, I, I I must have watched one video on it just to see what the hell has been advertised. I I, I watched one video, and now and it's suddenly... every other every other ad in my feed is the you know separate tech. It's not it's not it's not quite the same as that. But I bought a pair of uh, Step One, I think they're called boxers. Okay. They were a sponsored ad on Instagram for me, um, and they were comfortable for like very comfortable for about the first 10 minutes for the, to the point where i was like i've made a really good decision these are my new these are my new pants and then left the house with them and they just they got tighter and tighter oh it was just it was unpleasant so i did not buy any i did not purchase any more of them not a pick of the week for you then and they weren't cheap either yeah i mean these are expensive pants i'm not entirely yeah, these sure were like, i think these were like 15 or 16 quid for one pair yeah no, and i just have to look at them in my drawer now and just be like no that's too much you should be able to get four pairs for that somewhere four pairs for a fiver yeah, i do need it i do need new pants though <laughs> four for a pound i mean being in bargains is good for pants for 15 quid i would buy some cheap pants cut a little tiny hole out of them and stitch on some one pound socks on there for people and that and make a tidy profit i reckon if oh, I think you're. I think you're being a little bit over generous. A well, thumb of a glove, just... a sock, unless you're buying like toddler socks, <laughs> and in which case, whenever you're going up to the checkout and you've got a, just pop if socks. you've got an armful of toddler socks, an armful of boxer shorts, and a pair of scissors, <laughs> fuck me. You're going to end up, I don't, I don't know which list you're going to end up on, but you're going to end up on a list. <laughs> you're going to end up as one of those men who known by an acronym at some point. Yeah. Uh, the Sock Pant Bandit. Really large, the Sock Pant Bandit. Yeah. The thing is, I like the idea that you'd stitch them in such a way that when you when you pulled your trousers down, you'd look like Gonzo, the great Gonzo, with the, the, the just the hook. <laughs> just curled round underneath Just curled round. <laughs> Again, I think I think you're being overly generous. You, you're mostly balls. Yes, PJ needs the reverse of these. He needs like yeah, he needs, yeah, he needs the opposite. He needs a separate. He needs a separate ball pouch, <laughs> a hole either side just to poke them out into. I think form follows function, and I think if that's the way God designed me to have a particular that to have something grasping onto the the lads down there, then maybe that's the way underpants should be. 
I'm not keen on loose fitting underoos. I'm not. I'm not. I want something to snug me up and just. No, I don't, I don't want. I don't want loose fitting. But at the same time, I don't want. I don't want the force to be such that it's pushing my dick and balls back inside me. No, that is bad. That's a bad pair of underpants. <laughs> that's that's not good. That's not good. Yeah. Uh, lordy, lordy. Um, Mostly interested in, in absorbency, really. Just sweat absorbency. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's the thing now. Like now, it would. Ha- I mean, I've, I haven't to really consider ten of lady pants or something because, I like at the moment they go the going to the loo. Oh Christ! Is this what this is going to be from now on? Just a weekly update on how PJ's body is failing him. <laughs> oh, he's been failing me. I can't see my dick. Doesn't work. I can't see my dick. Arm? Did I tell you about my arm injection? Did I say that about? Oh my God! Your injection? arm injection. Yeah, a, a bad arm. I don't know what happened to my arm. Nothing happened, and then suddenly my arm was killing me. <laughs> like, what? I don't know what happened. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Literally woke up one day, sore arm. That was it. I, and it's like, and it is, it is sort of fine. You can move, it's good freedom of movement and stuff, but although not quite as good as my other arm at the moment. And, um, but if I suddenly jerk, like to grab something or get knocked against something that could be really sore like they no laughing uh, <laughs> so anyway I complained to the doctor and he told me to come down he gave me an injection in the arm I complained to the doctor You're like, he, <laughs> didn't, he didn't just go to the doctor and tell him his ailment he complained he phoned him up doctor I woke up my arm sore I've got a decent range of movement but not quite as much as the other arm and if I jerk it it hurts <laughs> like, doctor right. I'd like to make a complaint genuinely I am old <laughs> enough to remember a doctor coming out to see you when you were sick I remember God, being I remember that doctor too. coming out and seeing us. I'm I'm fairly certain I can remember a doctor coming out to see my sister, like an out of hours doctor sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't the norm. I mean, it was it hasn't been the norm for a good long time. Like now, if you want an out no. of hours doctor, you've got to go up and see one anyway. But the um, what do you call it? Or or you could get you could get an ambulance out or a nurse out, but maybe. But you couldn't get a doctor. There's no way. I don't think. Uh, not that I mean, like they're That's all overwhelmed. Britain. Ah, Thatcher's Britain. Horace's Britain. Um, so, yeah, anyway, I got an injection in my arm, and it's sort of okay, but, like, if I'm lying on it, it's quite sore. Don't like it. Have you been to a physio? And, oh, I've been on a Slimming World diet. No, I haven't been to a physio. Oh, fuck me. What? I've lost nearly half a stone. I've lost over half a stone, actually. So, Is this your first, is this, is, is this the first week? This is the first, no, no, I'm on week three, I think. Week three or four, I bought I, I bought a pair of smart scales. To tell you that, did you see my audio my clip I put on on the internet? No, no. <laughs> so I bought smart scales. Right, I swear to God, they. I, so I spent twenty five oh quid. God, on it's smart like scales. listening to the ra- like. I know you're older than us, but like it's like listening to the ramblings of a of a granddad. Did you see that? Did you see that clip that I put on the internet? I bought scales. And I, I put a clip onto the internet. Right. Have you seen the? Have you been on the internet today? That's great. That internet. Yeah, right. Okay. So you're you're a guy who programs smart skills, and you think to yourself, "I've got these smart skills. What I really need now is to indicate some sort of audio indicator that you've stood on the scales, and we have processed these results." In a way that makes you feel good about yourself. I mean, it's got to really when you stand on the scales. It sends a signal to your phone, and it tells you your BMI. Oh God, if, this, if this isn't the, if this isn't a trombone, 
Is this, let me, let me play this. Here we go. It's not going to play. Or a sad horn. You oh. step on, the weight starts ticking up, and then the horn goes, wah, wah. Can you hear that? No. Can you hear that, though? No. Ah, part fart. I bet the Discord's blocking it. Yeah. It goes, whew, boop. It's like, a, it's like the, the noises you get from those little, whew, boop. Like that, it's the noise like kazoo with a a slide whistle. A sli- it's a slide whistle. It's a slide whistle like that, but it goes, and then right at the end, there's a, a bell ringing, ding, like <laughs> it's awful. That is like it. the dinner, like the dinner time bell. <laughs> yeah, and you can't. I'll I'll send you. I'll send you the audio. I'll send you the video file. On you can link the audio. So you put it in there. And the thing is. It, you can't change the audio. There's no options. That's the only audio you get, or no audio that like you can turn it off. But like that's that's just you stand on it. And you think, and also, right? What's the largest BMI you can have? Do you think? I've been trying to find out. <laughs> what's your? If, if, if it's okay, I'll, I'm going to tell you what my BMI. According to these skills that, and they're a bit like I think they're a bit like your smart skills, Ron, but probably cheaper ones and not as smart. But you have to stand on them barefooted, and it tells you your BMI. And it said my BMI. I think it says my BMI is fifty-seven. That's not right. <laughs> that that is that is a lot. Your scales are broken <laughs> because mine's like forty-two. The last time I got weighed, I think they told me that I was on the high side of like I was, you know, like a, maybe a point away from being into the overweight yeah yeah category mm-hmm. but that was like 21 22 yeah yeah i mean yeah. I, i'd love to you know you're half 30. you're half my weight i mean you probably are half my weight <laughs> no i'm not not anymore not anymore i'm i'm, I'm slowly inching closer to both of you once you're in the 30s you're sort of clinically obese. you're like morbidly obese in the 30 what oh in the oh in the 30 percentages Oh no! And thirty, like BMI of thirty plus or something, I think is, oh, is yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, thirty-one. I think is considered to be obese. So a BMI of fifty-seven or fifty-one or fifty-seven or something. Did you put your height in as like two foot? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm worried. Well, yes, because it, it asks you to be honest. Yeah, it's off. I put my. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's anyway, anyway. So I'm, I'm, yeah. So I'm not entirely convinced these skills are as good as. I, I, I would check your heights incorrectly. Might be it because that, that 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 might be the issue there. Yeah, I'd never heard of a BMI of fifty. I thought it like maxed out at around thirty-five. <laughs> no, I, I think you genuinely be about three or four times wider than you are told. That that because <laughs> I'm sitting there going, "How do you reduce your BMI?" This seems worrisome. It seems like this seems like not a good sign, not a good thing to be. Yeah, there's probably a calculator online where you can say like, if I had a BMI of this and a weight of this, what height am I? And I think you're probably going to be about two the two feet NHS tall. NHS website. I, th- I mean, I'm definitely in the in the morbidly obese area. Uh, but the thing is that, like, it says according to it, according to my height, I should be in the region of seven stone to ten stone. Like, going at no point in my life was I ten stone. I don't think that BMI is. Like it's it's widely regarded as horseshit hmm. now. Like it's not. You can yeah. have somebody with a massive BMI who is like a a, a weightlifter, like as as fit as a fiddle. Yeah, and they, they're and they're going to have a big BMI. It's 
it's widely regarded or sorry it's just widely disregarded like it was an old it's an old metric for um for how to to gauge we all know our pal andrew's gonna be listening to this and thinking oh they're all, i don't know why they're talking about this yeah no he, yeah he probably is but i'm, I'm pretty sure yeah, that he told himself me that, all turned on to the thought of us working out <laughs> <laughs> oh no i'm not working working out and that's and that's so Annette's gym uh, has, um, they, they don't have anyone in their gym, although their gym is open. What they're doing at the moment is they're sending out uh, YouTube clips or recording, uh, and then they're sending those recordings out. Um, I have mentioned that you should be doing that for gyms. You should be contacting gyms and asking about recording stuff for them. But anyway, um, the so, so she gets the thing, and she's been exercising in the morning, and she's been saying to me, do you want to exercise? I'm going, I have early enough willpower to diet I, I you know i'm i am tapped out as far as willpower is for just on on not eating overeating all the time so i'm i'm not i'm not exercising yet not until the diet it's easy yeah oh yeah be- yeah best of luck with that not until it gets easy to diet i'm not gonna work out until this diet is easier <laughs> i've been eating a lot of veggies the f- like the very first day i was on this the diet i was on I've never eaten as much vegetables uh, like in maybe five years, and I, 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 honest to God, I shit green. My poo was green. And it was that's, like, that's not good. Normally, that happens with a with a, a sharp change in diet, though. I'm, yeah, I'm going to suggest I, you might be pregnant. <laughs> I feel one of those things is more likely than the other. That's why he's, he has the BMI of two people. <laughs> <laughs> it would explain why I need to pee all the time. Have this belly. It would explain this belly. So anyway, so have you boys, uh, what exciting things have you been up to? Nothing. Nothing. Well, well, I, I, I delivered a big video project on, on Saturday. Oh, yeah, that yeah. Was, what, sorry, what, on Friday night. Tell us about that, Scott or Ron. Scott or Ron. Um, yeah, I was asked to do a, um, well, Pablo and I together in our in our new new venture as Inside Voice. Mm-hmm. We were asked to create a, a musical film type uh and sort of a journey through the black box, which is a, a venue in Belfast, and it was sort of a trip through the venue, looking at different artists. Whose decision was it to have the people opening the doors wear hooded things as if they were invisible? Well, I mean, there was a, there was some sort of you know. I'm going to say that the the idea, the concept, was written by the by the mm. clients. They, they they wanted to be involved, and they decided everyone was going to be wearing face masks. The whole, the whole thing looked very impressive. Yeah, they, they put themselves in I'm there. I'm going to let you think, talk yeah. about this, and I'm going to nip to the loo while you are doing that. Okay. So they were wearing black black hoods at some point, and it was kind of, uh, yeah, you're right, they didn't show up very well against the, the, the black background of the black box. Hmm. So, uh, but yeah, it was really funny. It was a really fun thing to do. We had a shot it two weeks ago, and um, yeah, two weeks ago, and yeah, got it all edited and sound mixed and everything sort of and delivered on Friday night there, and it had, it had a really big response. I think it's had about 4,000 views on Facebook oh, already. So a lot of, a lot of I mean, uh, it seemed like a lot of time and effort was put into it to, to make Well, it, it was one day, one day shooting and like maybe, I don't know, four, four days in total editing and, hmm. you know, a lot of, a lot of work from different corners, but I'm hoping that we're going to get to do more of those because they were really good fun. And um, yeah. I know I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but yeah, we, uh, the client was really happy and, you know, as as maybe like only the, the second sort of big thing that the company's done, it, it's kind of worked out really well. So I'm looking forward to doing more things like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and are they, I mean, well, that was all socially distanced, the film and all that. Was it all easy? Was it hard? Was it sort of? Uh, so the, the, so the client who was that 
You were directing. You were doing directing yeah. and holding the camera. Well, look, we'll, we'll get into that. But yeah, I mean, like at the end of it all, the, the credits, I said video and lighting, Aaron Abernethy and Pablo Clark. And I kind of was like, look, I directed this thing. Hmm. That's, that's, that's not, that's not mince words. Yeah. But, yeah. but um, I guess they didn't want to go with that credit. They Somebody had the call of shots on the day. Yeah. So I, I, I called the shots on the day. That was really the, the height of it. But, um, so I was saying, oh yeah, so they, they, they kind of organized a timetable where the artists kind of arrived in, in a staggered sort of, mm-hmm. staggered sort of time scale. And then we filmed each one after they arrived and they, they were all shot out of order. You know, that, mm-hmm. that, that thing was all edited and shot in completely different order than what it was before. Wow. It's like films lie. <laughs> yeah, movies live the magic of cinema and it's meant to look like one long shot but there's obvious there's obvious joins yeah. in it and it's 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 kind of I mean I, to be perfectly honest I would have liked to use multiple cameras on it but the mm. you know, the client seemed pretty set on having having it be like a one shot type Don't, deal it, so it, you know we worked with that but that, that meant that it was kind of because it felt a bit like a that was a casino or something Scorsese's casino or or, or there's one of those or 1917 <laughs> 1917, 1917, yeah. Or the, or the other one, the, the, the Russian one, there's a whole Russian play, like the film like that, where it's one big long tracking shot through a house, and every house has has a different piece of history of the of the Russian house, I think, or Russian history. Oh, okay. Um, I can't remember the name of the thing, anyway. So, have you more work lined up on that front, or is that just sort of, we'll see what happens? Well, I mean, I've had more more inquiries about things. So I've had different sort of people from various, you know, various arts organizations approaching us mm. about, you know, helping them record things for festivals. And, you know, they, they've got to do a lot of, um, you know, online events because mm. they do all their options right now. So yeah. yeah, I've been, you know, helping with that and, you know, pricing a few jobs, some that are further away, like March or yeah. April, you know, and things. How is, how is the know, pricing worked out? Because pricing is always one of the hardest things to do when, you, when you're new freelancing. And it's like, yeah, I I do this, and then you you quote something, and it's always less than you intend to, and it's always ends oh, up absolutely. costing you more than that. And it's like, oh, I underpriced that. I mean, for for the sake of like, well, for the sake of um, for the first thing we did with Culture Night, I definitely think I priced it about half of what I should have got paid for it. Hmm. But I made sure that the invoice reflected that I'd made a a sizable donation to the to the event as well, you know, mm-hmm. as a result of the discount, you know, so that yeah. if whenever they come back at a later stage and say, well, could we do another one of those? I can say, well, okay, but this time there'll be no donation. And, and also on your first year of accounts, the tax man's going to look at it and go, why are they donating so much to charity already? Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been trying to employ a time tracker, um, mm-hmm. so which I'll probably be using that on the next event so I kind of can give an, an idea on how long I, I spend in Final really, Cut after the fact. I got a dirt cheap little time tracker for the iPhone called, I think it's called Time Tracker or something that it was, it, it's not very sophisticated, but it actually worked quite well because you just set up, you set up like different projects and within each project you set up a job within that and then you just start the timer and that's it. Well, my problem is not being able to do these things without, um, you know, missing huge chunks of it. Hmm. So I found an app called, um, what's it called? It's just called Timing. Hmm. And what it does is it automatically tracks which app you have frontmost on your Mac at any given time. And all right, it gives okay. you charts of how long you were in things for. Yeah. 
Unfortunately, it's a subscription-based thing, so I'm trying it out for the next sort of week or so to see if, if it actually works out for me, but I, I don't have any real jobs on it, so I just want to see what sort of data it gives me at the other end, so I know... You must know a smart you know, enough programmer they can figure that stuff out, you know... I, I mean, I could probably figure thing. out some of it with like a bit of Apple Script or something, but yeah. really, it's, it's, it's just to have it automated so that I can kind of keep a, a nice record yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, all but, you're really looking to see is, is when you start... Um, what do you call it? Your your main program, isn't it? The the Final Cut or something, whatever it is that you're using to. Well, yeah, I mean, it. Final Cut will be the the main one that I'd spend time in. So if I know how long it's foremost, you know, on the screen mm. and active, you know, because the the thing with this app is that it also, if you step away from the Mac, and then you come back to it, and it says, "Well, what were you doing in the two hours that you were doing nothing?" Yeah. And then it'll also ask you to file that time. You say, "Oh, well, yeah, I was doing right, right. Well, that is accounts, right. whatever." Yeah. What about you, Scott? How do you manage time? I mean, what do you, what do you, how do you log time for the work you're doing, or does it not, not matter? Thanks for that, Scott shrugged. No, we do have Scott shrugged on this uh, non-visual podcast. Yeah, I mean, we have a, we have like a scheduling thing in work, but like my days are normally broken up in days as opposed to anything else, like. Mm. Um, somebody else kind of handles all that for me you've got this this and this to do today and everybody knows roughly how long stuff takes me so they just schedule it in you're gonna make a gonna make a dcp of this film that's gonna take you two hours you're gonna grade this episode that's gonna take you a day you're not handling the billing anyway so you're just not really a worry you need to no nor would i nor would i want to yeah i do i mean i generally don't that's the way i work is it would be build on a per page basis but uh, yeah, I've done a bunch of jobs where it was per hour and I needed to keep some sort of track of how long I was taking and, and the things and the problem is I would just sit and start drawing and forget to start the timer and find myself having drawn for three hours and not even thought about it so um, yeah well yeah I mean really what I'm using the timer for is is to is to track how much say you know half an hour of video it takes me to work on you know so if I mm. You know, if I know for the next one, well, actually, you know, two days of editing is is not enough, you know, because it actually took me four. You know, so here's the thing, though, yeah. right? So it was, your company's called Inside Voice, but that was primarily because when you started, the idea was probably we're going to do a lot of podcast and stuff. Yeah, it's going to do a lot been... of podcasting, a lot of audio, and and that hasn't transpired. I've I've, I've done some audio editing here and there for people, but yeah. uh, it's turning into more of a video endeavor, which you know. That that's fine. I mean, yeah. you know, we we were always flexible, and we always kind of had video gear ready to go. Yeah. You know, so do you think that's that's because a lot of people think now podcasting is a commodity. It's it's fairly easy for anyone to sit and do a podcast. You there's apps there you can download on your phone and away you go. You know, and and the jump to I definitely think is, there's people who don't care about quality as much as yeah. I do. Yeah. Um. And and they're just like, well, I said the thing into the box, and then I put it online. Is that not the entire? the yeah. entire process whereas you know i'd be quite into what i really want to do is try to produce podcasts that are of a very high standard you know yeah but um unfortunately you know that that sort of requires a lot more control over things than i have right now yeah <laughs> yeah um well that's interesting i mean i, I kind of i'm hoping, hoping the video stuff takes off for you i mean i'm, I'm hoping there's enough work in norden but I, I wonder how much of the art stuff that you're doing would have still transpired if not for COVID and all that. Probably it's not. I mean, these weren't the clients that I was even interested in before, yeah. you know. Um, mm. I, I was mostly interested in like business clients who wanted to do, you know, sort of, you know, short form mm. podcast type stuff. And now it's, 
it's all arts organizations that are contacting me, you know, off the back of doing I these couple of arts projects. Yeah. And it turns out they all speak to each other. So Yeah, <laughs> of course. Of course. And I, I suppose, I mean, there's probably not many, as far as they're concerned, there's TV production companies out there, but they're they're bigger shops that need a lot more money to keep going. They, they're not going to, I mean, you, you'll be able to undercut them purely on the basis that you don't need that much money to keep going when you're, like, you're Yeah, size. I mean, like, you know, so, someone did send me through a, you know, a, a tender thing for uh, the Northern Ireland Science Festival and, and you know, it, it was a huge amount of work and essentially it was a sort of work you need a TV production company for and yeah. they were asking for a ridiculous amount of of time and support. Yeah. You know, it was essentially, they, they wanted to tie you up for four months of work for something between eight and 12 grand, which is what they said that the quote was worth, probably. Well, they were for 12 when grand? Worked, when I sat and worked it out, I was like, well, that's not enough, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it's, you know, it's it's not enough for two people to be basically, you know, that would be your full time job for for that period of time. Yeah, and yeah. all the gear you'd have to hire, and probably it said that you'd need a, a studio space to do, shoot a lot of the stuff in, so you'd have to pay for a studio hire as well. And that, you know, yeah. it, it wasn't enough for far too much work. No, no, and then the, you'd have to make the assumption that whenever the moment you're in big, the moment you're sort of involved in that that their their needs will expand out as somebody thinks of things. They go, well, let's do this as well, oh, yeah. since you're here. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, keeping a little small one, one-off job is probably a smart thing to go right now, anyway, for, for a while, anyway. We'll see. We'll see. So, right, in the in the wider context, uh, Scott, have you been out? No, still not? I went, to, no, I went to the, uh, I went to a drive-in movie. I need to ask you about that. Was it shit? It looked shit. It was great. What that screen looks shit. No, the the screen was impressed. The screen was actually impressive. It's tough to see from the 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 camera the camera phone uh, pictures. It's tough to see it, from driving past that, which I've done, and I'm just like that. That looks weird. It's a lower resolution than my watch. Where was it? No, I wouldn't. No, it's in Carrick. Like, uh, let's go hydro. Let's That's go hydro. Yeah, yeah okay. I, I was impressed. Whenever I turned up, I I did. I was like, because I'm like Ron. I'm a bit of a snob about these things. I was like, ah, oh, they're doing it during the day. Like, uh, I bet day. I'm not going to be able to see anything. Like, it's going to be really miserable contrast and blah, blah, blah. But it's not a projector. It is an, a big backlit LED screen. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought it looked pretty good. And even though it was a nice, bright, sunny day, we were able to see everything. A couple of the slightly darker scenes were a bit tougher. But, you know, for 90% of the film, it was fine. The kids enjoyed it. And I think it was Bonker, bonkers value we paid 35 quid for the car and that got us uh, a big bag of popcorn a big bottle of coke a big bag of sweets a large margarita pizza and four like individually wrapped like uh, s'mores like biscuit and marshmallow chocolate melted yeah it's pretty good value Duda. Um, and we watched uh, the disney classic hocus pocus with bet midler Okay. Um, and it was great. Um, so, me and you should just tune your radio to the um, ah. to the radio station. Ron, you might be able to pick up the radio station from your house. I did wonder what the frequency was. It's 88.0 FM. 88.0, right. I will try yeah. that tomorrow at whatever time the show is. It's 6 or 7 o'clock or something like that, isn't it? Yeah. Well, no, ours was, during, ours was uh, from 11 until 2. That's, it's unlikely on a Tuesday. Yeah. Me and Hannah enjoyed it so much. We're going to go back. They're showing a ton. They're showing basically a film every evening as well as the kids halloween horror things which is what we went to um and 
both the kids liked it. Well, Lena slept for a decent portion of it, but mm. Ralphie really enjoyed it. There was like weird like storytelling. Is it still on then? It's still happening? Yeah, they're doing it every day until Halloween. Okay. Quite and the that. movies are going to continue for the foreseeable, I would imagine. Um, they're showing all kind of Halloween-y fair at the minute, but it, uh, after you get past Halloween night, they start, they're doing the Dark Knight trilogy and they're doing... Um, what else are they showing that was interesting? Oh, they're showing The Thing. Mm-hmm. Last time in Paris. Yeah, it was good fun. <laughs> um, I go around to your mum's house, Ron, and tune a radio into it for that night. For that night, that'd be a good laugh for you. The driver would say I'm all myself, dude. <laughs> Thirty-five pounds a lot for one man in a car, but it's worth it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was good. Um, and we went to Streamvale Farm on Saturday for their annual pumpkin patch. The pumpkin thing. run. It looked like fun. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. That was nice. Nice uh, kind of outside all day affair. Um, picking pumpkins and carving pumpkins and um, seeing the animals and doing all that kind of all that kind of stuff. That was nice. But it was about the same price as the drive-in, and I'd rather do the drive-in than the pumpkin picking again. Well, yeah, I mean, pumpkin pickings work. My car radio doesn't work, so I. I can't they even... have portable radios that you can. They have, they have portable radios that they'll give you, oh, and you can, they'll, they'll set up in your car. Is All it right. broadcast in stereo? Was it in sync? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, I, I just mean... i I don't think I could enjoy it. It was it was fine. What what did they do about toilets? Did you get out of the car to watch it, or did you have to sit in the car? No, you no, you sit in your car. You sit in your car and watch it. You can get out of the car and go and order. Or food, or there's toilets over, uh, like at one side. Can I get a, to- a hose directly into the toilets? A hose in a funnel, just from where I'm sat. Just to the just to. You've got an awful lot of faith on how much pressure you're gonna you're gonna deliver there. Yeah, that's true. that's true. There isn't much pressure, but as it is, like there's no pressure. Just bring a bottle. Even when I've got gravity assist, there's not much pressure there anymore. I don't know what's going on. PJ's car just surrounded, strewn with bottles as it drives <laughs> off. But each one just a little dribble. PJ, why do you not just use the same bottle? You be quiet! Yeah, it, it might be something you, your your family would enjoy, PJ. I mean, I, I, I don't think Susie and I can, could handle it, but... <laughs> Susie would not put up with me sitting there going, this is shit. <laughs> and, and, well, and, you, and you know what's worse? If you don't like it, you can't leave. Because oh, you you're, you're blocked in. Because yeah, you're blocked in from all angles. Oh. You know, like to cr- to cram as many cars in as oh, they can. God. Like if I wanted to reverse, there's at least four cars behind me that all ha- would have to reverse to get out. Yeah. No, I don't like the signs of that. I am I might. No, I might. That's not that's not for me at all. Now there's a fire at the front and you can't get away. In the in, in the circumstances where my kids throw a wobbler or something, they haven't been that long time, but. Where they go, this is boring. And you're going, yeah, you're right. Let's get out of here. No, we've got to stay for two hours. Right, sit down and shut up then. Is the screen like large? Does it loom large in your vision or is it kind of just a, in a distance? It's, I mean, it's not uh, like I know that you want. You my predilections. Yes, I know what you want from a, from a cinema screen. You want it corner to corner in your vision. Not so, not so big that you have to turn your head to see it, but big enough that you can't see anything else. So he wants to sit on top of it. Effectively, yes, it would be a drive-through cinema for me. I would just drive straight into the screen. <laughs> okay, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you the size of this of the screen. There, the screen was uh, was put up um, on some shipping containers, 
Yeah. So the screen is basically the the width of a shipping a sh- shipping container, like long ways, like lengthways, about mm-hmm. forty foot, uh, and height is about two shipping containers tall. Okay. I mean, I do all my measurements in shipping containers, so it's, it's really easy. Yeah. <laughs> well, hold on. There's for for PJ. Okay, but like you know, you, you've you've got a a car in front yeah. of you there. Yeah, but it's literally only blocking like the bottom one percent of the screen. Yeah, but if you were further back, how much for, how much less screen could you see? Is it on a slope? Smart thing is that it's on a bit of a slope. Yeah, the car park slopes down the ways towards the screen. Um, now, obviously not intentionally, but that's just the way it's kind of worked out. It's the it's probably the best place that they that they could put it. They used to have the screen at the other end of the car park facing in. I think maybe they changed it around for that very reason. There's a sec. There's a second screen in a smaller like. Vicinity. Yeah, there's a second screen, um, and it's a smaller car park, so I'm, I'm assuming it's for, I don't know, more niche films, porn or something. I don't know. Imagine you get access to double decker bus and you drive in there just to park it to watch in front of people. That'd be great. Wouldn't it? <laughs> the best seat in the house, and everyone else is just completely utterly distraught. <laughs> Sitting in the front of your double decker watching it be amazing. <laughs> There was a couple of beeps whenever a guy who's a driving instructor turned up and he left his, like, you know, the big sign on the top of the car. (laughs) Yeah. Like the big, like, Dave's driving school. And he had to get get out and pull pull it off. They're just magnets or something. Just, like, pull it off the top. Or a VW van or something. Picks of the week. Picks of the week. Picks of the Um, week. Does anyone have any picks of the week? I bought bought some hallway. I bought some lights. Christmas lights or dangly Christmas lights, right? Because I, I was looking at my hallway and I thought, you know what, coming, coming towards winter, before Christmas, I thought, I think I would like some nice lights in my hallway, up and down the hallway. So I got these kind of Christmassy light things and they irritatingly don't quite meet all the way. They circle the hallway once and then there's a gap that's about the width, slightly wider than a door, but we didn't start at one side of a door. So they just, they don't meet right in the middle of the hallway. It's really kind of annoying. Um, yeah, but are these lights up now? Yeah, yeah, they're up now. Um, they, they're lovely. I put them up. I just put them up as soon as it got dark. I went, let's go. These would be nice. Seems a bit early, but okay. I like them. And now I want to put lights everywhere. I want every room to have all these little lights. So it's, it's so depressing around this time of the year. It's going to be dark and horrible. Let's get some nice sparkly lights up. So, but also I bought myself, uh, and this is the only... Um, piece of smart home equipment I own. I bought an Amazon plug, right? Because the plug that I've plugged them into is hard to reach, very hard to access. I thought if I plug in an Amazon plug, can I at least t- turn them off and on from that plug? And now I've got it set up in the daytime. And honestly, every single time I am pleasantly surprised when it turns itself off and on at the correct times. It's brilliant. I'm like a dog going off. So you have it set on a timer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't even tell your Alexa to do it? So you've removed no. the smarts from it? You just stuck an alarm on there? I just stuck an alarm on it. <laughs> well, I mean, I can, still, I, mean I, can, I can still tell Alexa to turn it off and on. If we were going away somewhere, I'd take the alarm off. And, but, but I, I mean, this way I, I just forget about no, it. No, no, that's the wrong... No, if you're going away somewhere, that's when you want the alarm. So that it comes on at the same time and goes off at the same time when you're not there. Yeah, well, I'd probably set it to random times or something. There's probably some other smarter way of doing it. No! What are you talking <laughs> so about? So the burglars look through the window and think there's a couple of gay elves live there and <laughs> they, don't, they don't come in and break in. Hang on, I'll show you my hallway. I'll show you it. You can see this. Uh, yeah, this will be great for the listeners. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's not for Real the radio feast here. 
Hang on. Oh. He's oh, doing no, his pardon. best, but uh, so we're on a real shaky cam here. It's like a born identity type situation we have. As as P- PJ st- staggers drunkenly towards this. Okay, yeah, no, th- there's fairy lights on the ceiling. Yeah. Well, it's just it's not as far. It's kind of a crystal I, maze type deal. So you can't take us any further than that now? It's only a limited length of cable. It runs the entire length of the hallway. So um from and we've got a weirdly long hallway. Um because we're because we're in a flat and there's uh one, two, three bedrooms and a living room all coming off the same hallway. The hallway's quite long. So it runs the entire length. So if you're stood at one end of the hallway and you squint a bit, it looks like the, the Star Wars trench run. It's really and especially if you move <laughs> towards it very fast, it's really cool. <laughs> People have often got confused. I've heard that they think they're in Star Wars. I mean, Wars. I don't. I don't think you. I don't think you even need to squint. Peter, just take your glasses off and run full speed down the hallway. <laughs> Listen, I I took a little sh- shot of video and I put it up, and people went, "Yeah, actually, yeah, okay, I can see where you're thinking." So, that which does. is the pick? Is it the fairy lights or the smart switch? Well, let's put let's put them together because they're a really good combination. The okay. Smart, the Amazon smart, which was which was weirdly, it was eighteen ninety nine, but it was reduced to eight ninety nine. So I bought it for eight ninety nine. Um, Did you buy it on Prime Day? Uh, no, I bought it a couple of days after Prime. And and irritatingly, there was suddenly on come Prime Day, nothing I wanted. Three days after Prime Day, a load of Amazon things. I thought, oh, I know what would be good. So I kind of want, I want similar. I want a really good strip light for in my studio. It's connected to Amazon that I could use, but I haven't quite figured out the best kind of lighting for that. I just want something that is bright and illuminates, like a you know, illuminate my drawing table. But I can't quite figure out, you know, everything's either fancy dress light or some other kind of weird lighting. So I'm I'm just trying to figure out a good light for that. But that's my smart lighting. That's what I'm saying. Smart lights are good. I previously okay. would have poo pooed them and gone. I don't. It seems like more effort than it's worth, but. The great thing about those hallway lights is no effort. They turn themselves off and on as everything should do. That's that's the way all things should work. They should just turn on when you need them and turn off when you like, don't. Do you want them to come on when it gets dark? Is that is that the No, I I've got them basically they come on at about half uh half eight and then they go off at about eleven forty five. Because the hallway's oh, so they're like, on all day. Yeah, more or less. I mean the thing is that the our hallway is there's not an awful lot of natural light gets to it anyway. So even um, even in the summer, maybe in the summer you wouldn't need it, but like during the winter, now, now it's like it's dark at six o'clock anyway, right now. But on a cloudy day, there is no light in that hallway. It is grim. So that that's why that's why I kind of wanted something like that anyway. And that's laughing at me. Well, a little, right? little sparkle want? in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's wrong with that? Anyway. Well, well, Scott, what have you got? I have a movie that blend two of my favorite things ah, together and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and lightsabers through your head um it is female driven revenge thrillers ah you, you like ladies and revenge and and kevin james oh god right i'm out <laughs> together at last Oof. i'll never understand your fascination ben. with kev james Kevin uh, Kevin James is the one of the greatest physical comedians of our time. Also, okay, this will lead me. This will this will dovetail me nicely into something else as well. But the movie's called Becky, um, and it stars oh, Kevin I, James, yeah, who is an yeah. So he stars Kevin James as an escaped neo-Nazi, 
who's escaped from prison and has come to find his Nazi gold or whatever he's buried and it happens to be on the <laughs> You kids have got my Nazi gold. Are you getting Nazis mixed up with leprechauns? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um well, he's looking for a key. I assume it's for Nazi gold. You'll never give my lucky charms. All right, Arnie. Um, he, it's for, he's looking for a key, uh, and the the key happens to be in the house that is now being occupied by Joel McHale and his uh, his daughter and his potential new wife and her son. Uh, and they basically break into the house, and whilst Becky is out. And she is a left to home alone style take back the the house. Um, it is <laughs> super violent. <laughs> um, and look, it's not going to be for everybody. It's not a particularly great film, uh, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> it is fun nonetheless. Yeah, it's it's fine. Uh, what's actually better than that is Kevin James's YouTube channel. A whole uh, channel. A whole channel. Kevin James has been kind of throughout the entirety of lockdown. Is this Kevin James, the actual Kevin James, or the character that he's playing? No, the actual Kevin James. Okay. This is his, his YouTube channel. What um, I would watch is Kevin James over lockdown slowly eating parts of himself. Chopped <laughs> off. And so well, he has. He has been making these extremely well produced. Um, and well-made short films on a on a number of subjects, but there's a couple of um, kind of re- returning characters which are the sound guy, in which he plays the sound guy on various film sets, but they have green-screened and superimposed him in to various scenes from films, and they've done it re- te- te- uh, technologically really, really well, and they are very, very funny. Um, so uh, we can put a link to his YouTube channel. Um, I recommend the uh, No Country for Old Men and um, A Star is Born uh, specials particularly, but uh, to be honest, all of his shorts are are at least enjoyable enough. Some are excellent. So there okay. you go. Kevin James, double whammy. I miss the King of Queens. Okay. Well, my pick is, and I'll I'll reach for it here. Hang on. It is the the From Hell Master Edition. Ugh. When was the last so time you read a comic from hell. Uh, I've been getting back into reading comics uh, recently just because, you know, I've had a lot of time <laughs> as everyone else has. <laughs> but yeah, I, I've kind of held off buying the individual issues of this because I, I knew it was going to get collected originally, uh, you know, eventually, so I mm. thought I'd wait until it did. And uh, yeah, it came out recently and it's a, it's a very tastefully done uh, coloring job on this. Uh, that Eddie Campbell did himself. Uh, I think it took him. A, I think it took him a couple of years to do. Mm. Um, and he's he's talked in a. I think was, there was a YouTube video went up last week where he was an interview with someone, but I didn't see the other person appear. It really was just Eddie Campbell himself talking on camera about, about the process of returning to from hell and um, you know redoing some of the artwork in it that he that he wasn't happy about. You know, which you know I'm sure some people would be upset about, but you know he, he just saw it as a chance to kind of fix things that had bothered him for years in there. Well, the original book's still there. Well, yeah, I mean the original book, you know, is is, is there. So that yeah, so this is like his kind of, you know, yeah. Plus it's his around. art. Yeah, mm. you know, it's, it's not as if somebody's it. going back in and like touching yeah, up over the top of it. Like it, yeah, yeah, it's him. It's him. He, he gets to do whatever he wants with them. Saying when George Lucas did that to Star Wars, but anyway. <laughs> 
No, he changed he changed in things in films that he didn't write or direct. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and this this is kind of more yeah. of a thing where he's he's changing things like you know someone's arms too long or someone's face is too yeah. ugly that he he wasn't happy with. If before. George Lucas wants to go back and change anything in A New Hope, by all means, go ahead. You wrote it and directed it, but you didn't direct Empire and you didn't direct Jedi. So fuck <laughs> off, turkey well, neck. I hope you're listening, George. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't bear any animosity towards George. I don't really care what he does with the uh, with the well, Star Wars. Can, can you I just said today or yesterday he thinks that the 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 prequel trilogy is better than the uh, sequel trilogy. Did he say that on Joe Rogan? Yeah. <laughs> Have you watched him all on Joe Rogan? All of it or just? I saw can't it? watch Joe Rogan. No, but I, I just I just saw that one clip. I Joe Rogan sets my alarm bells off, and a ding ding ding. Joe ding, Rogan, ding, ding, uh, yeah, he's. He asks too many questions. Well, the answer is definitely no. But he's, you know, the question is things like, I mean, you know, is there is, is there something behind all these like, conspiracy theories? And the answer is no. But he just keeps on asking the questions mm-hmm. because he thinks that's interesting content. And I think that's it, yeah, and I, that I, is catnip to people out there who don't need dangerous ideas put into their heads. I think he's been a defender of the uh, what do you call them, the Proud Boys as well, hasn't he? He's been quite he's been uh, yeah. Sort of, he's definitely given them a platform here and there. I yeah. I, I I find his his politics deeply suspect. It just uh, there there are characters there are individuals that that um I haven't seen or read a lot about but I see them and then I hear a couple of things and there's something about them that makes me just go they give that person a broad swerve uh, your life will not be enriched or nor lessened by not by by giving them a broad swerve one of them like Jordan Peterson first time I saw him I can't remember who he was talking about it, I just thought nope. I'm nooping right out of that. I'm not having anything to do with that. I remember as well, a friend mm-hmm. sent me a link to, um, oh God, what do you call him? Your man Milo, uh, at the time, had done, uh, done something uh, on Milo the Ventimiglia? Uh, no, no, Milo Ianopolis. Milo, <laughs> <laughs> Milo Ventimiglia is the guy from Heroes. <laughs> yes, he is. Um, I, I think he'd done something. He's on, fine. You can follow him all you want. Yeah, no, well, Milo was, at the time had got some coverage on the BBC. And one of the, one of the things, it was on a more controversial topic about how women aren't underpaid. Uh, and and someone had sent me a link to this video. And I just, I just, I took a look at the title. I thought, nope, giving that guy a broad swerve. I, I, they just, it I mean, just I'd, be more, like, I'd be more suspicious about the friend who sent you that link. He's like, oh, yeah. This definitely sounds like something PJ's going to want to hear. <laughs> Old political PJ. <laughs> but anyway, Joe, Joe Rogan is somebody else that, that just, there's a ding, 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 ding that goes off that makes me think, nope, nope, nope. So, um, and and I, I have seen some stuff where they're talking about how he has given a platform to the Pride Boys and things. And I just, I, I had no time for that. No time for that nonsense. Me? Anyway, from hell, Master Edition, coloured. Yes. Good. Good. All right then. All right. Well, that's our show. I hope you enjoy. I'm. Um, thanks for sticking with us through all thick and thin, and more, more thin than thick. Um. Patreon.com forward slash Sunnyside Podcast. If you want more of this, John Rampion and I are doing a new comic called Monster Max, which is a kid-friendly monster, uh, Bigfoots, and all sorts of things uh, kind of comic strip every week. That's, that's they do the Max. Yeah, that's our plan. Anyway, we'll see. Uh, so anyway, that's the show. Bye. See ya. It's good. Scott's refusing to say cheerio. Look at him like a child. I'm refusing to say no, but goodbye. Say goodbye, Scott. Goodbye. Goodbye.